Welcome back to the Popcast Cafe podcast. I'm your host, Kavya, and I'm so excited to have you all back here for episode 22 of the podcast. Sadly, episode 22 is not going to be about Taylor Swift. However, I have been doing a lot of thinking about it over the week, um, kind of like I alluded to in the previous episode, and I do think that I'm definitely going to be doing a Taylor Swift episode um, and just maybe even a segment where I dedicate, you know, a month or a couple months or however I want to structure it when the time comes to talking about some of my favorite artists, um, because that's something I haven't really been able to touch on on this podcast yet and something I am very passionate about, talking about some of my favorite people, um, my favorite music-related things. Um, I would love to talk about their music, you know, some of those marketing decisions and a lot of other things that come into play with these different artists. But for now, of course, we are here for part two of what I did last week. And if you watched last week, you would know that this is the second part to the why it is so important to have a show like Degrassi, essentially. Um, And we left off on a character and I was going through these different characters and giving my little thoughts and opinions on them before I kind of reached the final conclusion. But before we get to all of that, I want to go ahead and let you all know that you should totally hit the follow button turn on the notification bell. You will be notified every time I post a new episode, which is Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is uh, my time zone, obviously. So please, please, please go do that. That would be amazing. Um, It's a great way for you guys to obviously be um, in the loop with everything. Another thing is to definitely check out my bio. Um, There's a lot of really great links there. Um, I have them all in a link tree. You can see the different things. There's the TikTok and the Instagram. Um, The TikTok I love to use. I'm really getting into it. The Instagram, um, I've not gotten into that yet. I'm kind of waiting to gain some more traction on TikTok and see how those things transfer before I start you know, doing things like that on Instagram, because obviously the Instagram algorithm is so different from the TikTok one. So please, please, please go check that out. That would be great. Um, It would also be amazing if you all could go and um, check out the other links. There's links to um, my TV time, um, which is a great way to see what I'm watching in real time. Um, My letterbox, of course, another great way to see kind of what new movies I'm keeping up with. Um, And you can read my shitty little reviews. And then of course my Goodreads, it's a great way to know what I'm reading at the time because I'm a reader, love to read, always open, especially with the books. I tend to be the most open to recommendations, um, but I'm also very open to recommendations on uh, for movies and TV shows. And that is where my Twitter comes into play. I have my stand Twitter um, also in the link tree. So I I'm always, always open to responding to DMs. Um, I've made a lot of my, genuinely, a lot of my really close friends from Twitter. Um, You know, there's a few people that I consider part of my first circle, including ones with my actual IRLs. So I will pretty much chat with anyone if you DM me. Um, I respond to all of the DMs I get just from other people on Stan Twitter. And if you're not a Stan Twitter user and you're just a Twitter user in general, um, you can still feel free to DM me about anything if you have podcast suggestions or if you have 
um, you know, either, it, either if that's critique or if it's a recommendation for something you would like me to talk about on the podcast. Uh, possibly it's something new that's airing right now and you see on my TV time, oh, she's not watching it, for example. Um, totally open to that or if totally open to just recommendations or if you want to chat about shows and stuff and things like that. That's kind of the whole reason I started this to begin with is to connect with different people who have the same interests as me. Um, just because obviously a lot of my IRLs aren't into, I mean, Maybe they are a little bit on the surface level, but they're not really as into a lot of these things as I am. So please, please, please feel free to use those links, interact with them. That's the whole point of why they're there. And I'm more than happy to interact with you guys back. I love to do it. Um, And yeah, okay. That's enough of all that. Um, Let's get back into this. So the character I left off with was Mia Jones. Um, and she was the character I talked about last. So that is to go say, if you've not listened to last week's week's episode, you should totally go do it. Um, I definitely provide my introduction where I kind of talk about why I think Degrassi is so important. I also kind of give an overview as to what Degrassi is. And then I go through all the characters up until Mia, and I really did go in order of when they started to appear on the show. So that's complete, or maybe not even just appear on the show, but kind of was bumped up to a regular at least. Um, so it goes based on that. So it goes up to Mia Jones. So if there's a character that, you know, obviously appeared before Mia Jones, it'll be in part one. And I should also preface, this is strictly about Degrassi, the next generation and Degrassi next class, because those are the only two iterations of Degrassi I have watched. Um, I will obviously be watching the new one, the reboot that is coming or the revival that is coming to HBO Max. I will be watching that. Um, my best friend, actually auditioned for that so that's all the more reason I will be tuning into that so that's all super exciting news um what else what else that I wanted to say oh yes and of course this kind of goes without saying if you have not watched all of Degrassi and you plan to um this episode will contain a lot of spoilers um I am going to directly say, you know, this person dies. We've already covered one of the deaths so far. We have two more to come. They are all very beloved characters, so I will be saying those things. So if you've not already seen it, um, I guess here's your warning. Um, I will be talking about those things. It will be very much, this is not a spoiler-free zone. I will be saying anything and everything about the show. So now let's officially kind of jump right back into it. So like I said, we just ended off with Mia Jones, and that brings us to Danny Van Zandt. So Danny was Liberty's brother, um, and yes, he was bumped up to a regular, but I don't feel like Danny was ever really able to progress as a character. Um, I felt like he was very pushed to the side. I mean, we did know Danny for quite a while. He was always Liberty's younger brother, and then slowly we got to see him form a friendship with JT, um, and yeah, I mean, we didn't really get to see much of his, you know, actual struggle. Um, I think, you know, even in the relationship department, his character had relationships with Mia, Leia, and Shantae. And Mia is the only one of those characters that was actually given any kind of prevalence on the show. Because if you've watched it, you know that both Leia and Shantae are heavily sidelined characters. And I mean... I can't even describe the amount, like, how sidelined they were. So, 
it's really, really difficult to kind of give a really good analysis of him. However, I did really like Danny. I thought he was really sweet. Um, he was a good friend. He was a good boyfriend. He was a good character. He was a good brother. Um, and yeah, so I, I don't have anything negative to say about him. So we're going to move on. And unfortunately, that takes us to this menace of a character. That is Derek Haig. Um, so he was Danny's best friend, essentially. And they were kind of partners in crime for the longest time. They were very much so a duo. Um, anytime Danny was on the screen, chances are Derek was most likely on the screen too. They were always together, always buddy-buddy, doing whatever the hell they were doing. And at some point, Derek begins to kind of get away from that when he starts to find his own interests, um, specifically playing football, and that's something that Danny isn't into, so he kind of starts to um, kind of form his own new friend group, and that was a very much like a turning point, and this is when I was kind of like, okay, this character sucks, um, you know, we from this point on, we only see him engage in behaviors that just do not make you want to support him or like him or anything of that sort. So, moving on. <laughs> so next we have Jane Vaughn. Um, so she was one of the Lakehurst transfer students, and I personally really liked her. I feel like within the fandom, she's kind of one of those iffy characters that's on the fence. A lot of people like her and a lot of people don't. I personally really liked her. I thought that she kind of provided a good change of pace within this crop of characters that came in. Um, and what I mean by that is the crop of characters that were the center focus. Because, of course, Holly J, Sav, um, Anya, they were introduced as well at this time. However, I don't feel like they were as prevalent yet. Of course, they become very prevalent, but not at the time. So I feel like she provided a good change of pace that was really, really needed. Um, the thing with Jane, yeah, so a lot of people were upset with her actions that kind of came towards the end of her time on the show, and I, too, am very upset about them. However, I also feel like it's incredibly out of character, and I think it all has to do with the Spema wedding and everything, so I kind of label that whole arc, you know, with all people involved, including Jane, Declan, like, that, it was all just very out of character. I mean, maybe not for Declan, because who the fuck likes Declan, but for everybody else, it it was very, very, very unnatural. It didn't feel right. Um, so it's kind of really hard to judge. Um, but Jane herself as a character was really cool. She was kind of just seen as like super tough. Um, and we're kind of given all of these very dark twists in her character. Like when we find out that she was molested as a child and all these things that really add these layers to the character. And of course, um, she is... Mia's daughter's aunt because the baby daddy Mia's baby daddy was um Jane's brother so you know that was another cool way to kind of tie things around and I really liked Jane with Spinner so I really really wish they'd been in game so yeah okay so next we have Holly J Sinclair and Holly J Sinclair is my all-time favorite Degrassi character I mean it kind of goes back and forth between her and Eli but I absolutely love her. I think everything about her is amazing. I think she has the best development on the show. Um, I know I said something kind of similar for Spinner, but 
with Holly J, you realize her development is happening when you don't even realize it's happening. I mean, I've never seen the whole mean girl to not mean girl, I guess, um, transformation be done so effortlessly. I feel like everything that happened to Holly J and everything she went through um, was the perfect segue into kind of her being humbled and kind of looking at the world from this other point of view and making all these new friends and all these different things. I feel like it was a very natural progression for her, so I have to say it was the most effortless character development I have ever witnessed, and she's, I just, I adore her character. I think she's so great, so wonderful. Her friendship with Fiona is my favorite friendship on the show, hands down. I mean, they were not toxic. They loved each other. They supported each other. Like, it was so, so great. Um, my personal preference preference in the relationship department for Holly J is definitely with Sav. Um, I thought that they complemented each other really, really well. And yeah, I mean, it was just so solid. I have to say that they were my favorites. So yeah. Okay, <laughs> moving on from my queen. <laughs> and we have Anya McPherson. Um, so Anya was one of the sweetest characters on the show. She was very much like the supportive best friend to different characters. Um, you know, like she was Holly J's support system. She was Fiona's support system at times. She was Riley's support system, um, you know, at times. She was Leia's and, you know, Sav's and all these different people. Uh, Mia's, just pretty much all the characters she interacted with. She very much felt like a support for them and just kind of like she was there to help them along. Uh, I feel like Anya's struggles as a character were very relatable, are very relatable to a lot of people. She's kind of like the friend who doesn't really know how to stick up for herself um, and how to kind of be her own person. She really struggles with kind of separating and forming that separate identity because she's always feels like she needs to be the support friend to everybody else. Um, but when she learns to, she really finds her own identity. And another thing is that she also struggles from something that a lot of people do, which is just kind of comparing themselves to everyone around them and realizing she doesn't know what she wants to do with her future and where she wants to go, um, you know, because all her friends are getting into these really cool colleges or these really cool programs, and she just has absolutely no idea what she wants to do. And she kind of ends up turning to, you know, coke and all these different things and getting involved with these bad habits um or even just with her mom being sick um and all these different things going on I feel like her character struggles are so relatable to a lot of people um and for that I really really just appreciate where her character stood and as for her relationships um I guess her main ones were with Sav and Riley and uh, not sorry not Riley whoa <laughs> with Sav and Owen um and I didn't particularly love particularly love either one of them um obviously her and Sav kind of did the whole fake miscarriage fake pregnancy thing to get votes for like school council or whatever it was um and they were also very on and off it got to be a bit frustrating and then Owen I I didn't hate them together it's just that I hate Owen so I, I just thought like I don't know that she deserved better I guess <laughs> I don't know all right moving on so next we have Sav Bhandari. Um, so Sav was one of the first Indian characters on the show, which is amazing, which is great. Um, so I think Sav represented kind of that struggle that just a lot of Indian kids feel like they're going through, which is essentially just pressure from parents, um, stereotypes, all that kind of stuff. But what I appreciate the most about Sav and also Ali's character, who I'll get to later, um, is just that they were represented so normally. And I feel like for the longest time, Indian characters on Western television shows were kind of all presented to be the exact same way, which is the super nerdy, um, 
you know, conventionally unattractive, um, has an accent, very cultural, very religious type, you know what I mean? Like, they're all kind of the same, and we get Sav and Allie, who are these two super attractive characters, like, you know, they actually get into relationships, and they're desirable, Um, and I think just the brown community in America, Canada, Europe, just all of these western places really benefit from seeing Indian characters be desirable and be you know wanted and stuff it's it's so necessary and it's so 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 like oh I can't even explain it like I really really feel like it's so important and I'm so glad that this is the way they were represented and at the end of the end of the day their parents were still pretty pretty stereotypical but I think to a certain degree you know that is needed because that is the traditional parent set but that does not mean that the kids are a direct byproduct of that every single time um so I loved Sav like I said when I was talking about Holly J I really liked Sav and Holly J together I thought they balanced each other out very well so love Sav all right moving on we have Johnny DeMarco not much to say about him um he was a direct witness to JT's murder he was right there and so a lot of his struggle as a character came from witnessing something like that and not really doing anything about it um and the person who was actually did the murder um was his best friend so he kind of had a lot of struggle with that kind of stuff um I did not like his character at all so I didn't really have much sympathy for him but I still think that this was a very important topic to discuss so we have Damien Hayes. I'm going to kind of go very quickly past some of these people that had no relevance to the plot. Damien was still ultimately a lead, so I'll talk about him super briefly. Um, he had pretty much absolutely no point on the show. I don't know why he was a lead. Um, he didn't really do much. He got into relationships with Emma, Manny, and Liberty. Don't know how that happened, but it is what it is. Moving on. <laughs> So we have Kelly Ashuna. Again, this is going to be a quick breezy one. He was introduced as one of, or I guess Emma and Manny's roommate in college because they thought Kelly was a girl and they threw him in the same room as them. Um, And they both end up, I guess, having feelings for him and fighting over him and all this other stupid stuff. And I just don't care about his character. Moving on. Uh, Leia Chang. Again, another super useless character, unfortunately. Um, I actually looked this up a couple years ago. She was, like, in a total of, like, 12 episodes or something, despite being a main character for three seasons, um, and it was only two of them where she had an actual plot. So that's sad, which means all the other episodes she was in, she was kind of just given those extra lines. She didn't really have a plot or any real purpose on the show. Moving on. Shantae Black, another super sidelined character. Um, She was on the show for, like, forever. She was a main character from seasons 8 to 11, which is four seasons. However, she was a character since season 4, which means the timeline for Shantae's character is completely off because how could you have been a high schooler for all those seasons? That's not even possible. Like, she should have graduated with an earlier class. She shouldn't have been sticking around, you know, and graduating with Holly J and Anya. Like, that doesn't make any sense. But moving on. All right, we have Claire Edwards. There is a lot to unpack here. So we have officially reached our next it girl. So we had Emma, and now we have Claire. That kind of represents the new generation. And I say that she represents the new generation, but several of the people I just talked about are part of kind of her class, like her grouping of people. Holly J, Sav, Anya, uh, Shantae, Leia, 
Johnny, whatever, whatever, like, those people kind of, I classify with Claire's group, um, because they were characters in her time more than they were in kind of before. They were just introduced a season earlier, which is why they're there. But Claire, she's very much the it girl, so she went through a lot. The writers did not let her rest. Every bad thing that could happen to a person was happening to Claire. I feel like there was just never a time where she caught a break. Um, You know, she was a very driven character. She was type A. She had goals. She stuck to them. She was smart. She was part of the gifted and talented program. Um, You know, and a lot happened. I mean, so first we kind of start, you know, her parents get divorced. Then she starts a relationship with Jake, who eventually becomes her stepbrother, and they continue that relationship for a while. Then she is sexually harassed by her boss, um, you know, that she gets an internship with. And then she was diagnosed with cancer. She lost two close friends to death. Um, She's been cheated on twice. She got pregnant. She then had a miscarriage and so on and so on and so on. And I feel like she just really, really never caught a break on the show. So uh, for a lot of reasons, despite the fact that she was could be very self-centered and wasn't always the greatest friend, I really sympathize with her because I do think that she was, you know, going through a lot. Um, And also Eli and Claire are my favorite ship on the show. So I'm really glad that they were kind of also the main ship of Degrassi because a lot of the focus was on them, which is great because I loved everything about their relationship. All right, moving on. We have Ali Bandari. So I kind of briefly discussed her when I was talking about Sav. So obviously Ali is Sav's, um, whoa, Ali is Sav's sister. Um, And, you know, she's another the other Indian character I was talking about, she was very much kind of like a Manny type. So if Claire was an Emma type, Allie was a Manny type. Um, very similar in a lot of her character traits. She kind of is like very much a certain way at the beginning. And then she's like, okay, I want to be hot. I want to be desired, whatever, whatever. So she kind of does this full 180 and she kind of goes through a lot of different things. And I feel like Allie just has some of the worst luck in relationships, but, you know, her lowest point in a relationship was obviously with Leo because, you know, he was actually beating her, and I'm so happy that after coming out of that, she met Dallas. She had met Dallas before, but, you know, got into a relationship with Dallas because, oh my gosh, it, it's just so what she deserved after all of that. He treated her right. He loved her, and, oh, I literally will swoon. It was exactly what she deserved. Very, very, very happy for her. So then we have Casey Guthrie, um, which is kind of, he was part of Claire and Allie's friend group at the very beginning when he was introduced, because he was also part of that gifted and talented program. Um, So he was another teen dad on the show. uh, So this is another teen parent that we saw. Um, I don't really like his character. I found him to be quite frustrating for the most part. Um you know, but I think that there were a lot of really cool components of things they did with his character. Um, you know, he was definitely quite complex, and even his sexual assault storyline, I feel like, was so deep, and even when his his departure from the show was him and his mom on the run, I thought those were all components that were so necessary, so I will still kind of appreciate his place on the show. So then we have Connor Delorier, um, and he was one of the characters that was given like a real mental illness on the show which is Asperger's syndrome um which hasn't really been very represented on tv shows and I thought they did a pretty good job of displaying that and displaying some of the tendencies and behavioral 
or I guess behavioral tendencies that people with that um, mental illness kind of go through. Uh, like I said, it's quite underrepresented, so I think they did a pretty good job, and it was well represented, it was well portrayed, um, and yeah, I mean, he, he didn't have too, too much of his own individual plots aside from that, but for the most part, I kind of liked his relationships to other characters, and I enjoyed his growth on the show. And then we have Bruce the Moose. Don't have much to say. He was Johnny's best friend. Super annoying. Moving on. Blue Chessex. Um, again, very irrelevant. Um, so he was kind of this artsy student. He had a thing with Holly J. And that's it. Moving on. <laughs> Riley Stavros. Okay. Riley. Oh, goodness. So... I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion or not, but I really did not like Riley. So he was very much the stereotypical gay jock. Um, so, you know, he's a football player. Uh, he's realizing he's gay and he's having a lot of trouble accepting it because he wants to go into the sports industry professionally. And it's just a very like uncommon or he feels like it's a very uncommon taboo thing to kind of be a gay um, athlete. And he's nervous about whether that would hold him back or put him too much in a spotlight in the spotlight in a way he doesn't want to be um so you know there's just a lot of internal struggle and things of that nature that happen uh so you know we see a lot of that struggle and the reason I say I don't love his character is he very much was the bully who's secretly gay type thing which is you know, it's understandable. It's happened so many times in TV shows that there's like an element of truth to some. This is how some. This is what some people can relate to, and you know things like that. However, I feel like his character was super reduced to kind of being that, and I didn't feel like he had much of a character outside of it, and he wasn't really given any plots aside from it. So he just didn't feel like a very substantial character on his own. But moving on, we have Fiona Coyne who is also one of my favorite characters on Degrassi. Um, so she was kind of rich new girl from New York City. Uh, absolutely freaking loved her. Absolutely loved her. Okay, so she was introduced in season nine, and she kind of was like a side character to her brother Declan, but I definitely, we get to see her kind of come into her own, which I loved, and she establishes her own identity, finds who she is, um, so she kind of goes through a little bit of an abusive storyline with her boyfriend, and in season 10, at the very beginning of season 10, I literally think it's the first two episodes or something, so she goes through that situation with him, and that kind of causes her to come into her own, and she, like, has, you know, the spirals, and she deals with alcoholism, and, you know, being an addict, and all these different things, and I feel like it was so appropriately handled and I think she's just such a fabulous character I love everything about her I mentioned this when I was talking about Holly J but I think Holly J and Fiona have just my favorite female friendship on the show or friendship in general um yeah and I I just I love her and I loved her and Imogen together I thought they were so great and so unexpected as well Okay, then we have Declan Coyne. Um, so he was Fiona's twin brother. I did not like him. Um, I think there's a lot of controversy around his character, as there should be. I just don't think there's anything good about him. He's a cheater. He does terrible things. Don't like him. I have nothing good to say about Declan. So we're going to move on to Jenna Middleton. 
So Jenna was kind of Claire and Allie's other best friend, um, and she was a singer-songwriter, part of the Gifted program, and she was kind of a tone that we needed on the show. She was very much the bubbly, upbeat character, um, but she was kind of introduced as a bit of a boyfriend stealer. But of course, she has since then matured and become a quite unproblematic character. So she was another one of the teen pregnancies on the show, and she has a kid with Casey, um, and they end up raising it actually for about a year or so before they give the child up for adoption because it just kind of becomes too difficult for them to handle um, and kind of take care of a child while both being, of course, full-time high school students um, and having these other extracurriculars that they're into, such as Jenna and her music and Casey and basketball. So it just started to become a lot. Um, I feel like her and Allie had one of the strongest and best friendships on the show. And of course, them moving in together was so sweet and I absolutely loved it. Um, I think her relationship with Connor was very sweet and, you know, probably her best one in terms of a healthy relationship. So yeah, moving on, we have Dave Turner. So Dave was very much the, I want to be popular, I want to blend in with the popular group crowd. Um, This attitude kind of made him come off as very judgmental and self-centered. He had a couple of these like rare moments where he was a good character, but for the most part I found him to not be very tolerable. I mean, he wasn't bad, but I feel like a lot of the I want to be popular super desperately characters kind of annoy me. I mean, he was okay. He definitely was not the worst by any means, but he wasn't my favorite either. (laughs) So moving on, we have Eli Goldsworthy. Oh my goodness, you guys don't understand. Eli is my favorite, my literal favorite Degrassi character along with Holly J. I love him so much. Oh my goodness. Uh, another one of the best people to walk the halls of Degrassi. Um, and he's also, just like Claire, has really been through a lot. They just did not let him, you know, get catch a break. So he was kind of introduced um, as the goth boy. He had a reputation um, of being, I guess, crazy. But over time, he kind of sheds that a little bit, bit and becomes less intimidating Um, He shares a lot of mental similarities with Craig Manning, both having intense bipolar conditions. Um, He also shares some similarities to Ellie Nash uh, personality-wise. His passions are writing and filmmaking. Um, And, you know, like I said, he was diagnosed with um, bipolar disorder. He had close connections and felt like he attracted death because of you know, the different things that were happening around him. And this is just breaks my heart. So before he meets Claire, he uh, had a relationship with this girl, Jenna, for about a year before she passes away. So that was one death. Then Adam, um, who is Eli's best friend, passes away. Then Cam, who is another character uh, that passes away on the show, Eli is the one that ends up finding his body in the greenhouse. Then Claire developed cancer. And then when Claire got pregnant, uh, they lost the child. So I think one of the biggest things for Eli was he felt that he attracted death. And that's a long list of people uh, and things that I just said. And it's so heartbreaking to think that anyone could feel like, I guess, they attract death and 
they bring that near and that is so heartbreaking and so tragic and it's so sad to think that this is something that Eli's character went through but oh it's so sad I love his character I feel like his character was so necessary on the show but I loved him and like I said I loved his relationship with Claire they were my favorite couple by far so yeah that's that (laughs) we'll move on so then we have Wesley Bettencamp um this one's an irrelevant one so I'm gonna kind of breeze past it he was kind of a lot like Connor and Toby um just like the smart type um very he was very girl obsessed yeah that's pretty much it moving on so we have Adam Torres who was Drew's brother um and Adam was actually an FTM on the show which is a female to male transgender and was probably this was probably also one of the first times I'd ever seen a transgender character on television and I thought that it was portrayed um and just represented pretty well like in terms of how they wrote the character um you know for the longest time before I watched Degrassi I mean I had seen Glee which had Unique but I don't feel like Unique was as central of a character as Adam was and for the longest time you have certain conceptions because you you know because I now at this point in my life have met a couple trans people I have a couple of trans friends that I've met And that's amazing, and I know exactly what they're like. But for the longest time, when you don't even know anybody in your life that is trans, you don't even know, you know, you just take pieces of media and you're like, okay, like, what are they like? And, you know, it's, I mean, obviously, just like anybody else, but you don't even know, you know? And when I watched this, I feel like it was so greatly portrayed because you just see they're just, of course, normal, and of course they were normal, I mean, I always thought that as well, but what I didn't know 100% was I was like, what is it like on their life, you know, like, what happens, what do they go through, all those different things, and the two great things that we see with Adam is, number one, we do see a lot of that struggle and a lot of that pain in terms of whenever we talk about uh, the different aspects of the transition, Or when we talk about how Adam wants certain things that, you know, obviously he doesn't have or whatever it may be. So on one side, you see that struggle and you see the importance of this storyline and it's very, very gone into depth. And you get a very, very, very great look um, into just that aspect of being transgender and things like that. Um, But then on the other side of it, um, you also are not having your character be reduced to just oh they're transgender that's it this is their plot they have no other relevance on the show but Adam was given a lot of other relevance on the show obviously he was Drew's brother so he was a huge support system for Drew who's a menace sometimes he had a lot of his own friends um he was in his own relationships and he was given a character I guess outside of that and it was so great because obviously being transgender is a very important part of Adam's identity but he was given a lot of depth as a character which I really really appreciate just as a viewer and it helped me just learn a lot as well so yeah oh and I liked him with Becky (laughs) moving on we have Bianca D'Souza um and she was very much another character developy character (laughs) she was kind of introduced as this rebellious girl and later on you kind of see her become this more independent woman so she's very financially 
unstable. Um, she's very involved with gangs and gang life and all this different stuff. Um, and, you know, she has a lack of parental figures and all this different stuff. But you kind of see over the course of the show how she starts to gain this self sense of identity as well as the sense of purpose and where she wants to go in life, what she wants to do with her life. And I think that's so beautiful. And I'm really, really glad that she was able to find those things. Um, so absolutely think that her character was so important on the show. I loved her with Drew, hands down, very easy. I don't even need to, like, debate it. I thought they were perfect together. And that brings us straight to Drew Torres, um, who was very much the gift, very gifted athletically, but not so much academically type. He struggled a lot, um, you know, in that aspect. But Drew's character was, again, like a character that I feel like was quite central on the show, so he had a lot of different plots. He was given a lot of different things. Um, you know, I think his one of his major storylines was when he was harassed by a gang, um, which caused him to suffer from PTSD, and then there was a situation when Bianca was getting sexually harassed, and he accidentally killed, you know, the person that was doing this to her um, in an accident, and... I guess, you know, that leads to another set of PTSD and all these different things, and I think, you know, it's, it's, it's very, very, a deep sense and a deep look into that character, um, so there was a lot of stuff that kind of went into play, and I think that's what makes him such an interesting character. So next we have Zane Park, um, who was another character that was unfortunately very reduced, but he was reduced more for the sake of Riley. So he was Riley's primary love interest, um, and kind of had to put up with a lot of shit from him. And so for that reason alone, I respect Zane so much. He really put up with all of this crap from Riley. Um, but otherwise, I did still love his character. I thought he was so sweet and just such a genuine guy. I have all great things to say about him. Moving on, we have Owen Milligan, who was ugh, such a menace. I don't even think I have many good things to say about him. I found him to be quite frustrating most majority of the time. Did not really, really love his character by any means. Um, yeah, I mean, I found, I found him to be annoying. I feel like that's all I really have to say about this man. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Oh, Jake Martin. Oh my gosh, loved Jake. Okay, so he was one of the most innocent and unproblematic characters on the show. He just was a genuine guy who wanted to save the environment. Very much, you know, Emma Nelson is kind of like the ripoff version of him. <laughs> but, you know, he was a Joker type. Um, very good guy. He said he always meant exactly what he said. He didn't really play around. Um he kind of had a lot of friends, and I feel like one of the biggest storylines for him was dating Claire, who of course became his stepsister, which is very awkward, um, but that's obviously a huge plot on the show. Uh, I think Jake, I like really, really loved him with Katie. I thought they were so great for each other because they are so different. Like Their characters are very much polar opposites, and they're two of the last characters you would expect for them to pair together, but they worked so well, and I'm so glad that the writers confirmed their endgame, since, of course, they didn't directly end up together on the show itself, but kind of left things a little bit in the air, and I'm glad the writers confirmed that they do get back together. I thought they were great for each other, and that was by far Jake and Katie's best relationship, so, yeah. And that takes us to Katie Matlin. Um, so Katie is very much... Um, you know, just this 
big character for character development once again. So at the beginning, she wasn't exactly the most rootable character, like the character you're rooting for. Um, she's an overachiever sports superstar, and she was ideal in most ways to the public. However, she kind of had this mentality in her head, and she tried to sabotage a lot of the people around her. But after kind of having this huge moment, um, and we see her, you know, have this downfall with Drew, she completely changes her image, and this causes her to go completely on the flip side um but she's able to find a lot of different passions and found her love in different things like the rooftop garden and spending time with jake and we see just this new side of her character and that's the katie we all grow to love so i just talked about this with jake but i loved them both together they complemented each other so well so then we have marisol lewis very much a sideline character again she was katie's best friend and that's pretty much it. I mean, if anything, I feel like out of all the sideline characters, Marisol is definitely my favorite because her character was actually really funny. She was getting kind of given a lot of that comedic, comedic dialogue, comedic relief, very much all those different things. I always think of the Cabin episode in specific. She was so funny in that episode um, and as well as in a lot of others. So I actually do really like Marisol for the most part. So then we have Imogen Marino. Um... So Imogen is like the definition of quirky, and I literally mean very much mismatched clothing, weird hairstyles, chopstick in your hair, weird makeup, funky shoes, chunky jewelry, uh, interesting backpack choices, and these big glasses. So very much your very out there, quirky, energetic, social type character. Um, she was also pansexual, which is a little bit more common now in TV shows, um, but definitely not at the time. Um, and when I say a little bit more common, I still mean, like, not very common at all. Just a little bit more common. Um, but I thought Imogen's character was so fresh. Exactly what we needed on the show. She was very much out there. She was a people lover. She loved everyone. She was so kind to everyone. She never really kind of got into these bad situations with anybody because she really just loved everyone around her. She formed great friendships. Talked about her briefly when I talked about Fiona because I loved them together. And yeah, that's pretty much Imogen. I really, really think she's great. Um, and yeah. <laughs> okay, so now we get on to our final it girl, which is Maya Matlin. Um, okay, Maya. So Maya kind of went through a lot of phases as a character. Um, we kind of see her go through these different points in her life where things are changing. She goes through a lot as a character, and that causes these major shifts in who she is. Um, something that stays common throughout the whole thing is that she's a lover of music. She starts the show, she loves the violin. That's her thing, that's what she does. Um, she slowly finds a love for singing, and then she, during Degrassi Next Class, she forms like a little band, and she's in one at the end of The Next Generation as well, um, but it's just very different stylings of band. Um, so there's just a lot that goes on. Obviously, she deals with the death of her boyfriend, Cam. She's gone through depression two different times, both of which she reacts very differently. The second time is your traditional, um, the one that's represented most of the time, which is uh, kind of the whole overdose, attempted suicide type thing. The first time is very much acting out, not caring about themselves, doing things they normally would never do, that side of it. Um, so it happened twice. Um, she tried to commit suicide twice. She was sex sexually harassed. She had an overdose. She was cyberbullied. So there's, you know, a lot that happened to Maya as well and that she went through. But, you know, her character is so necessary on a show like this and to represent a lot of these plot points.
So then we had Tristan Milligan, who was very much the quote-unquote gay best friend type. Um, And for me, Tristan started out out as a really lovable character. I loved his character. I thought he was super funny. Um, I loved his plots. I loved his friendships with the other characters. But as we got to know Tristan more, and when I say that, I mean when we get to around the very end of The Next Generation, going into next class, essentially around the time he met Miles, this is when I started to hate Tristan. I no longer liked his character, no longer ever sympathized with him because he really became very annoying. Um, he was also very biphobic towards Miles, which is a huge no, 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 no for me. <laughs> um, so for that reason alone, I just stopped liking Tristan, like, altogether. It was just a no for me. So moving on. So we have Tori Santa Maria, who is actually played by the actress who played Manny's younger sister in real life, um, who also played Craig's younger sister, Angela, on the show. So I'm always confused as to why she didn't just play Angela, Jeremiah, like why she didn't play that character on the show instead of Tori. But I'll ask these questions forever. <laughs> so she was very much your... um. Uh, the fashionista type. She does pageant, beauty pageants type things. She was a beauty icon, fashion icon type. Um, so she kind of, at least at the beginning, provided that contrast to Maya's characters. So they were kind of like the Emma, Manny, Claire, Allie type duo of it all. Um, that didn't last for too long, however, because I feel like for them at least, friendship triumphed over rivalry um and when I say rivalry I mean like even just within the fandom nobody really pits them against each other very much so that's her and then we get to Zig Novak who was I guess your bad boy type very much had similar characteristics to a character like Sean um he kind of came from a very poor area he was essentially Maya's primary love interest through it all um she was kind of the one he always circled she always circled back to I have to say I'm not really like a huge Zig and Maya fan to be completely honest I think for sure uh for me out of all of Maya's relationships I liked her with um Cam the most for sure I thought they had the most sweet relationship and it was a heartbreaking ending but I really just have to say that they were my favorites Um, And then as for her other two main relationships, which was with Zig and Miles, I'd say that they're both tied because I do understand the whole soulmateism type thing between her and Zig, but I think that her and Miles also had pretty good chemistry and worked together until they wanted Miles to kind of keep going through these spirals, but I think they could have worked if her and Zig somehow kept coming back to each other. I think her and Miles could have worked as well. So then we have Mo Mashkor. Um not very relevant so I'm gonna breeze past him but he was um Jake's best friend uh he had a relationship with Marisol um they were kind of cute I guess but they both were not very important characters so it felt very much like we're just gonna throw these two together (laughs) so then we have Becky Baker who was the bubbly Christian girl from Florida um so she was the goody goody of goody goodies (laughs) she was very 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 Christian she was very strong in those beliefs when she comes onto the show so she's very much anti um this play that uh Eli's putting on which is Romeo and Jules which was is essentially a gay Romeo and Juliet 
iteration and that's what he's putting on at school and Becky's like I cannot be involved in this I do not want to have ties to this of course she's very anti-Adam and they do eventually begin a relationship um and that's because Adam is transgender and Becky's like no 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 but however we see Becky go through this massive amount of character development and we see that of course the reasons that she thinks that things that she thinks is because the things that she thinks is because of her upbringing and her parents um but she learns to kind of put all of those biases away and kind of form opinions for herself and that's when she begins to see adam and be like okay you know adam is a guy um and see adam for who he really is so they have a beautiful relationship i love them together and she's obviously the better baker sibling because that leads us directly into luke baker who is literally the worst oh my goodness he is probably the worst character on the show and when I say that like I mean out of all the regulars um so Zoe who we've not talked about yet Luke ends up uh I guess being involved in this whole sexual assault incident where you know when Zoe is drunk passed out in the pool house at Miles's house um he takes advantage of her and with a couple other people who are not important or anything like their names I can't even remember them but and then he videotapes it and shares it on social media. So, you know, that ends up becoming a big thing. And one of the biggest aspects of Becky's character is how she comes to terms with ratting out her brother when she finds out that the allegations against him are actually true and he was the one in the video. So it's a huge thing for her character to be able to be like to her parents and actually testify and be like, yeah, it, it, like this is what happened, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, you know, kind of helping Zoe through that and all those different things. And Zoe you know, we haven't even gotten to her, so I'll eventually get to her, but it, it's such like a full circle moment that Zoe's actually able to win her trial, since both um, Paige and Darcy are the other two characters to get, you know, raped on the show. Um, Paige had the incident that is the, what you usually see in most of these shows that they usually represent, which is very much like the I said no type thing. Um, Darcy's was date rape, so she had something put into her drink, and of course was taken advantage of that way, and then, of course, um, Zoe was also just unconscious, but it was because she was drunk and in the pool house and taken advantage of, so, because Zoe's able to win eventually because she has these videos and she has these things and they're able to figure out what exactly happened with Darcy, um, you know, she has no recollection of what happened, so she's not able to press charges, and Paige ultimately loses her trial. So for Zoe to win hers is a very full circle moment for all, like, kind of the, like, the injustices that occur on the show previously. So it's such a full circle moment to see her get that victory and all that, you know, good stuff. Um, so yeah, okay. So then we have Mike Dallas, who is, who goes by just Dallas, by the way, another teen dad character, um, you know, so he was captain of the Ice Hounds, which is their ice hockey team, uh, there isn't too, too much to say about him in terms of, like, an analysis on his character, um, he's kind of annoying at first, but you really learn to warm up to his character and see past a lot of those flaws and his personality, um, but you learn to see that he's actually like a really good guy and really cares about the people around him. And I talked about him briefly with Allie and everything. I thought they had a really great relationship. Um, 
and he was just so lovely to her, and it's exactly what, you know, she deserved. Um, he also kind of becomes like a brother to Drew and Adam as he does move in with them, so that's like a huge part of his character as well. So next we have Cam Saunders, which is, of course, the other death on the show, so this one occurred due to suicide, and I guess I didn't mention this with Adam, so Adam's character, of course, was one of the deaths on the show, and he died in a car crash while texting Becky that he still loves her, which is so heartbreaking, and then Cam, um, he died from suicide, which is incredibly heartbreaking, um, you know, he was in a relationship with Maya, which, like I said, I loved their relationship, I thought they were great together, but he was kind of going through a lot of depression already. Um, he was in, under immense pressure from his family um, and his friends and his teammates and literally everyone in his life. He was struggling in a lot of ways and no one could really see his cries for help. Um, and, you know, he ended up hanging himself in the greenhouse. And of course, like I said, Eli was the one that found him, that led through that whole thing. And I think Bittersweet Symphony, which is the two-part episode in season 12, where all of this is dealt with is just so heartbreaking and just uh it's it it's such an amazing episode in terms of just how it's done so that kind of brings me to the end of this episode there still are some more characters to cover um which is essentially the characters that are introduced towards the end of the next generation um kind of moving into next class which i will do in the next episode so look out for that it will potentially either come out next friday or it'll come out before so look out for those potential things um because i also do want to move on soon but that will definitely be the last part of this degrassi series um i definitely wanted to take a time and do this because i recently was feeling the motivation to discuss these characters especially because um, it's kind of something I realized with a revival coming out for Degrassi, um, I would, you know, be able to talk about all these new Degrassi characters that we're going to get, but I would never be able to touch on some of my favorites from what I've seen in the original show, and I really wanted to get the chance to do that, which is why I'm doing this right now. So please, please, please stay tuned for one more part, which will be part three of this Degrassi, little Degrassi series, um, and yeah... So I guess that brings us to the end. Remember to check out those links in my bio as well as hit the follow button, turn on the notification bell. And yeah, thank you all so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed hearing my opinions on this set of characters that we did today. And that's it. So until next time, bye. Mm-hmm.